Hello, everyone. We're excited to introduce today's guest, Emma Perez. She is the founder of LifeQuest, and Emma is a mentor and coach to teens and young adults, and she guides students through self-discovery, career exploration, and vision creation. She's also the author of the book, What's the Point of School? Ed Transformation, A Matter of Life and Death. Yeah, Emma had some great information. If you're thinking about helping your kids figure out what they should be doing now to kind of figure out where they want to go down the road and make the best decisions for them for for everything, for health, happiness, and quality of life, then Emma's approach is really well thought out and could be super beneficial to your child or your teen. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. She has a six-step process that she walks her clients through, and I think she provides such extensive attention that they don't typically get in a school setting just due to time and constraints of the school counselor. So enough of the introduction. Let's get on to Emma. All right, let's do it. Good morning, Emma Perez. Welcome to All Things College and Career. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Hi, Emma. I'm glad you're here with us today. I'm just wondering, where are we talking to you from? I'm in Atlanta right now. Oh, Atlanta. So how are things down there right now with COVID? (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) funny you should ask. The governor just decided to start reopening soon. Right. And there's a lot of mixed feelings about that. Right. That's where we are right now. Yeah, I'm sure. It's a little scary. You know, I always think that when we do finally get to go back out and go to shops and stores the same way are people going to just leap to do that I mean obviously the virus is still out there so it's a little scary for sure but well hey we'll see how it goes in Georgia (laughs) (laughs) maybe the rest of the country can take notes I don't know so so, hey let's get on to what we're here to talk about which is you and your company so we'd like to start our podcast about asking our guests to tell us three things that they love about their job. So could you share with us three things you love about your job as the host of empowering your team? Wow, three things. That's a great question. (laughs) Um, I think, honestly, it all boils down to the fact that I get to help families and young people. Um, So with Empower Your Teen, I do regular micro summits where I help parents empower their teen. Um, And then as a teen coach and mentor, I actually work with young people in high school or college to help them figure out what they want to do for their lives. And I really love that I get to work with young people in this way so that they can start thinking about their future in a really intentional and practical way Mm. that not a lot of young people get or, um, you know, sometimes we get to our adulthood and we're like, oh, if only I'd known that, you know, that sort of thing. Right. And so I really love that I get to talk with them about topics they don't usually get in high school that are really going to set them up to create their own unique definition of success that they can follow rather than just following everybody else. So that's really what I love about it. Mm. Yeah, that's a really good one. So I think those were three things, the young people and then in, involving you. <laughs> it might have been two. But... It might have been two, but it could have been three. I'm going to go with three. Just <laughs> okay. <laughs> but two questions I had. So you you say mm-hmm. you start them out young and I think you said high school, but do you ever get mm-hmm. them even younger? And my second question would just be, do you kind of 
think that they come up with a direction of course of study in college at that age, or, or are you just trying to narrow down what their focuses are? Yeah. Um, so first question, the youngest I've worked with is 15. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really work younger than that. And, you know, there are some people that say, oh, that's really young. It really depends on the child, the right. student. and. Yeah. You know, the family and I can talk about it and see if it is right for them at the time. And I will say one client that I'm working with now, when I first met her, she was like, gosh, I have so much time. And I said, yes, this is about taking the time to really thoroughly explore all of this now Mm. rather than just kind of cramming it in later. And so it's about giving time to explore these things. Now, as far as Do they come up with a path, a decision? Yeah, that's one of the great things about all this, especially for young people who don't really get the chance to explore their interests or their skills when they're in school because school is very focused, right? There are certain subjects, certain, uh, it's a very specific learning environment. They have a curriculum and they're following it, right? Exactly. It's a very specific learning environment. It's um, very specific to different learning styles. So, or particular learning styles, I mean. Yeah. So for a young person who is, you know, has an interest, and an aptitude for those things, then they're probably fine. But for other students, they might feel really lost in school and have no idea what their interests are, what their skills are, no idea what they're going to do. And so this is a different way to really start to explore that and collect, collect occupations that are uniquely suited to them, who they are as a person, their values, um, their priorities, things like that. And they can start to see multiple paths that they would be happy with. And then they can start to narrow things down from there. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that process, Emma? And Mm -hmm. I find with young people, it's really tricky because it's difficult for them to know really who they are yet or what. Right. Right. I mean, they haven't tried enough things out to know Mm -hmm. what really interests them and they Mm -hmm. aren't really fully aware of their options yet. Uh, Exactly. But so can you tell us what your process is, how you help them to pick a career at such a young Mm -hmm. age? Yeah, absolutely. It is a six-step process. And you're right. They Not a lot of them really have the chance to explore this. So that's what it's all about, is giving them the chance to explore it. We start first with the child. So with self-discovery. And so this includes everything from, you know, personalities and skills and things like that. But it's really also all about helping them figure out their values. Now, a lot of people might say, can a person that young really know what their values are? Yeah. Um, And the thing is, is we do. We have an innate sense all throughout our lives about what feels right and what doesn't feel right. It may change Mm -hmm. because life changes, circumstances change, that's okay. But once you've been through the process of really exploring and being able to state what your values are, then you know how to do it again as circumstances change, Ah, okay? Yeah. And what's really important about this is that, like I said, we have this innate sense. We kind of feel when something's right or not. But when you go through the process of actually really exploring those feelings and putting words to those feelings and actually being able to state what you really care about and what you value and prioritize in this world, then this miraculous thing happens, you know easier and better and faster what to say yes to and what to say no to. It's Mm -hmm. much clearer when things are in alignment with you and when they're not. And what this does is as circumstances change and something's no longer right, you're not going to hang on to it 
for as long yeah. because you can see that it's not right. And when you've been through a process of discovering, okay, well, then what is right to me? You know what to do. You know how to shift and change and it's not so scary, right? Mm-hmm. Another reason why we do this is because a lot of times when it comes to career guidance, young people are told, oh, just go with your interest. Yeah. And that's That's pretty vague. Yeah, 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 it's vague. Um, So what I like to say is an interest is a great indicator of an industry to consider. Right. Mm -hmm. But within an industry, there are different kinds of jobs. And so your personality and your skill set will indicate which jobs within the industry are most suited to you. But it's your values that help you make decisions in your life. This Mm -hmm. is when you know if you want to go work for that company or not, or if you want to go move to that city for that job or not, or Mm -hmm. if you want to marry this person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. So that's what we spend the first step of all this exploring. Okay. So there's five more steps. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's step number one. But that's a big step right there. Yeah, it is a big step. Yeah. Self-discovery and values are important. They really are important. And I like how you point out that this isn't just a career thing, that this carries over to things like, yeah, deciding if you want to marry that Mm -hmm. person or who knows what other kind of decisions, decisions. all those big life decisions. Yeah, Yeah. Mm, exactly, exactly. Yep. So step two is all about um, learning how to live a balanced life. I have parents that come to me all the time and say, I want my kids to live a balanced life or I want them to have work-life balance. But what does that actually mean? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And how do you go about doing that? So we spend some time really exploring this. I actually talk about a lot of the science behind this and biology behind it, what the human animal needs to live a fulfilling and happy life. Hmm. But even though we are all, you know, human animals and there is scientific evidence for what we need, uh, we are all still individuals and we have Mm -hmm. preference. So Mm -hmm. we we take what we we learn about the science of this and then we take what we learned in self-discovery and we put it together to create, you know, a wheel of life. They're a picture of what a fulfilling, balanced life would be for them. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know, we acknowledge that these things can fluctuate and they can change and that's okay. It's about going through the process, deciding what it is right now and knowing how to adjust if that needs to happen. Right. 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 Realign the wheel, so to speak. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So that's step two. Step three. Now, we still haven't gotten to career, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And step three is we're still not quite there yet. This is when we start talking about money. All right. Mm -hmm. So this is a concern a lot of times with parents and children when they're at this stage where their children are transitioning into adulthood. Um, For some families, they're not always on the same page. Right. So parents are really concerned about, okay, are you going to make enough money to sustain your life? And mm-hmm. a child might not be so worried about that because if they're lucky, they haven't had to worry about that before. Right. 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 And that's right. that's so true. A lot of times when you're young, you're idealistic. You haven't been faced with rent, you know, right. mm-hmm. your phone payment or anything else. So it's not as, exactly. uh, doesn't, yeah, the importance for money doesn't maybe seem as in your forefront of your mind at that time. Right. Totally. And, you know, yeah. honestly, if that's the case, then they're lucky. Yeah, they are lucky. And I'm sure that's not the case for everyone, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, So it's simply just a matter of a a frame of reference for finances, Mm -hmm. right? It's interesting to me that finances aren't taught more in school because it's a very tangible thing. Oh, I know, right? Mm. I I always say, why don't they have a class about, you know, investing and saving and budgeting? Yes. 
Yes. Yeah. 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 It's, a, it's very tangible. And it's something that we interact with daily in yeah. our lives. Mm-hmm. Right. So I like to give them some high level, you know, financial, basic financial information, as well as going even into some money mindsetting so they have a positive money mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, but also just kind of give them a, a frame of reference. So we do a, a cost of living calculator where we talk about when you take your personal preferences and your wheel of life and everything that you've discovered, let's talk about what you expect for your life. What are your expectations? And now let's actually crunch the numbers. Mm-hmm. And what is that going to cost, right? right. Um, and so we have these exercises that we go through that give them knowledge and a little bit more frame of reference for what things cost. When we get to the occupation search and you see an average salary, what does that mean? What does that mean for where you live? What does it mean for San Francisco? Right. right. Does that right. mean you can pay the rent or you're going to have to have 20 roommates just to get by? You know, or exactly. right. how does that translate into real life? Yep. That's, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So then once we have you know, some self-discovery here, we have expectations for their life and what that's going to cost. This is when we do career exploration. Mm-hmm. Okay. So and that's so, step four, career exploration. Yes. yes. Career exploration is step four. So now we're doing career exploration. Um, they take a few different assessments and they actually get matched with occupations um, mm-hmm. based on these different assessments. And then we really start to break them down. We take a look at the average salary. They have a bit more of a frame of reference when they see that. They go through the process of, okay, what would it be to live on that salary in, in different areas? And then we really start to to explore it even further. It's something that I like to call career prototyping. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is when they reach out to people who are in this industry or actually have that job and start talking with them right. about it and interviewing them and getting to know it. And we talk about potentially job shadowing or getting an internship or trying things out. So actually prototyping these. And then they can start to narrow down from all the different matches into a few that they would be happiest with. And what's really interesting is they learn that a lot of times there's more than one. Yeah. Because a lot of kids think that they have to decide right at 18 and make sure it's the right one because this is forever. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. So many of today's jobs weren't even around 20 years ago or even 10 years yes. ago. Mm-hmm. Some yes. So it's exactly. Exactly. That's something that I say to families all the time. I say, you know, there are going to be jobs when these kids graduate college that don't exist at this moment. Right. Right. Exactly. So this is another reason why I do this the way that I do it. There's lots of reasons, but the the hard skills really have a life of about five years right now. Mm -hmm. So when you can explore soft skills, what it takes to have grit, what it takes to have adaptability to be continuously learning, Mm. then you'll be prepared for the workforce of the future because you can always adapt. That continuously learning is is so key, right? You have Mm -hmm. to keep retooling, you have to keep up to speed and that Mm -hmm. continuous learning, yeah, that's important. Definitely, and adaptability, because, yeah, yeah, I remember my mom once saying that if you aren't willing to change, you know, on the job, then you may as well hang it up now, because, Mm -hmm. you know, we have Mm -hmm. to be prepared for change and embrace it, or Mm -hmm. it's going to be a challenge, I think. For sure. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And especially right now, things are changing faster and faster and faster. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
So th- I, th- I think the best part of the career exploration phase is the prototyping that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. I honestly think that's the most critical step for kids is to try things out. Yeah, things yes. look good on paper, and then they actually right. get in there, and they're like, "Oh, really? This is what I'll be doing?" <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. I was um, I was talking with someone the other day for one of my upcoming summits, and he said he's met people that went into law school without ever working, you know, even as a runner in a law firm or something. Wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. to take and, on the, yeah. the the cost and the time and yes. effort of law school without right. seeing it's that. A, it's a very big investment of time and energy. And yeah. not to say you can't pivot into a different direction and translate right. those but skills still. elsewhere. But yeah, yeah. it's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Just trying it out, getting a real sense of what day to day life is like, and that can be done in lots of different ways. So we explore all of that together. And I like what you said about um, pivoting and you know transferring your skills to another area. That's another reason why I do college and career the way that I do it is because when we're exploring the person and their skills and their desires for their life and things like that, and you see all these multiple options that you would be happy with, then um, if or when a career change happens, it's not so big and scary. You know how right. to shift. You know what your transferable skills are. You know what uniqueness you bring to any project that you do. You know, Right. It's a great set of tools to have, as you said, to pivot down the road or make adjustments mm-hmm. down the road. Yeah, it's great. Yep. Exactly. So where were we? Step five. We're on step Step five. five. (laughs) Yep. Step five. So step five is when, okay, so you asked earlier about do they really have a direction? And step five is really all about finding direction, right? Mm -hmm. So the analogy that I like to use is GPS, okay? Mm -hmm. When we use GPS, the first thing that we do is put in the end destination, Mm-hmm. And then we find all of the different paths that can take us there, and then we can choose which one. Mm-hmm. And then we know what our next step is, our first step, right? That's a great analogy. I love that. It is. Yeah. yeah. That is a great analogy. Yeah. So it's all about finding the end destination first, right? You've got to know what that is first. And so step five is all about creating that vision for their life based on their expectation, based on their financial needs, um, which occupations they're interested in, all of these things. So we can create a vision and then we can find all the different paths to get there. We also talk about, you know, setting goals and what to do if you get discouraged or overwhelmed, things like that. We talk about having grit and persistence. Or if your goals change midstream. Yeah. Yeah. How to adapt to that. Yeah. And here's what I'll tell you about that. So I love this analogy. Oh, what is his name? I'm trying to remember. It's not Seth Godin. Um, Who did I get this from? Zach Galifianakis. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It would be, I'm sure it would be a much funnier story if it was from Zach. But anyway, the analogy is this. Let's say we're standing in a room, okay? And Mm -hmm. I tell you to go uh, go to that corner over there. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you go, and I say, and, and only move in a straight line. Okay. And you go, all right. So you head to that corner and then I put a chair in your path. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now what mm-hmm. do you do? Yeah. Well, human ingenuity, we can go over the chair, we can go under it, we can go around it. It's not quite a straight line anymore. Like we were trying for, but we figured out a way to get around it and we still got to where we were going. Right. 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 Now reset. I'm going to tell you to go anywhere in the room. It doesn't matter where you're going. Just move in a straight line. Okay? Mm -hmm. So you head out, and now I set a chair in your path. What do you do? 
because now it's not about where you're going. It's about moving in a straight line and you can't do that anymore. Right. right. So you're, you either just stop, you can't overcome the obstacle anymore, or you turn and go in a different direction. And then I set a chair there and you turn and go in a different direction. And now you're just going in circles, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how important the vision is, the end destination. Mm-hmm. So you can overcome obstacles. And if that end destination changes, it's fine. You just right. put in a new end, end destination and recalculate. Right, right. Mm-hmm. You have your eye yeah. on where you're going. So mm-hmm. it's just a matter of how you're getting there. Yeah. yeah. Right. And we, we even talk about how to tell. Do I want to give up because it's getting hard? Or am I recognizing that this isn't right anymore and I need to shift? Mm-hmm. Right. So we even talk about things like that. And then the last step, the last step <laughs> is the is your first step. Right. <laughs> now that you have all that, you know what your next steps are. And so then we can say, OK, this is what you want to do. Here are the qualifications. It requires this kind of education. Now, what do you need to do? And that's when we start talking about admissions and calculating your return on investment and, you know, what you need to do to get in and what kind of school you need. That's when we talk about all that is at the very end of all of this. Wow. Okay. Well, that sounds like a great process and a helpful one for young people to go through. Yeah, I think so too. I agree. And I think it's like something, as you said, you know, they can use when they're young and they can use mm-hmm. it again and again as their life goes on. So right. it's something they'll always have with them, which is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you wrote a book called What's the Point of School, Education Transformation, A Matter of Life and Death. Uh, you just mentioned step six was talking about college admissions and evaluating those options. So mm-hmm. how would you tie that into what you uh, wrote in your book? And what could you tell us about that? Yeah. So the book is titled, What's the Point of School? And what it's really about is, okay, what is the purpose of school as the way that it is designed and structured right now, right? What's the goal of it? Why is it set up this way? And is it working for us? And so I go into a little bit of, you know, history about how public education, compulsory, paid for by taxation, as we know it, um, Mm -hmm. how it came to be. And I talk about how the structure and the design of our schools have not changed since its inception. Yeah, it's pretty which much. Which is kind of crazy to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, what else do you know that has never changed from its first iteration? <laughs> yeah, not yeah. very much. I mean, maybe they get some new technology in the schools or whatever, but they're still, yeah, teaching the same core classes kind of in the same way. I see your point. Yeah, exactly. Lecture style, separating out the subjects. This is how many hours you go a day, you know, all of that kind of stuff. It's really in the same model as it originally was. And that was a completely different economy. And it was modeled for that economy. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what we see is that it's really not serving us anymore. Um, And I talk about the effect that it's actually having on our children. Mm -hmm. Um, And that this is why it's such a dire topic, I believe. And so um, I propose that we create a new design for our schools. The thing is, that's, that can be really hard to figure out. I mean, if you had to go from the very first telephone to a smartphone with nothing in between, how do you do that? How do you make that jump? Right. Right. Yeah, I'm lost. Um, and so I suggest yeah. maybe what we can do is challenge <laughs> what we're trying to accomplish with our schools, our, our end goal for educating young people. Maybe we can create a new goal and then that can help us find some new ways. And so to tie this back into your question about, you know, college admission, just a little bit of history here. There was the Committee of Ten back in 1892 that created 
what we think of as elementary and middle and high school, you know, mm-hmm. who should go to school, how long, what age do they start, things like that. And it was designed that the committee of 10 was made up of primarily university presidents. And so it was designed to weed out the academics from the labor workers. Yeah. Hmm. And one of the things that I like about that is it said, OK, let's educate everybody and give everybody the chance to find out if they're academic or not. You know, mm-hmm. um, right. but what this did is it set up the goal of our education system to be getting into college. And we see that very much today. It's all about getting you into college, going to college, go to college, go to college. And the focus so much is on college that, you know, when I was in the high schools doing college and career workshops all across my state, there were so many young people that didn't know what the other options were, the other types of furthering their education they had yeah. no idea what those were. And so now what we have is an oversupply in university and professions that require a degree and an undersupply in, in other careers. And those jobs are going left vacant, mm-hmm. even though they're integral to you know running our economies and our societies. Um, and so I would just love to see a more full exploration of all of the different options for everybody and to really find a fit that is right for them. So what would you like to see? Uh, more vocational education incorporated? Or what would be your end goal just to educate a wider variety of options? Or Yeah, you know, I, it's interesting. I, I actually started by surveying people. And the survey was, what do you think the point of school is? And for example, when I was young, I thought, okay, Elementary school prepares you for middle, middle prepares you for high school, high school prepares you for college, college prepares you for work. And what's really interesting is that the seniors or the high school students that took my survey, they were like, well, the point is to get you to pass tests (laughs) and to get you to score well so that um, the school can get their money. Wow. Wow. That's pretty sad right there, huh? That is sad. And, and it's true. I mean, even things have changed so much since we were in school and they're spending at least six weeks in testing now. Oh. And the focus is just so much on testing. And so you, depending on who you ask, you find different opinions about what they think the point is. So there are other people that say, well, the point of school is to prepare you for life or it's supposed to prepare you for life. And others would say, well, for a job or others would say, well, for college. Yeah. But even our current students now are going, no, it's just to get us to pass test. Wow. wow. Yeah. That's, that, so, is, <laughs> yeah. that is not okay. That is no. not okay. Is right. No. And, there are, no, and no. you know, I have a recent high school graduate, so I, I do know the number of tests that they have been taking. It is. It's, mm-hmm. It does seem ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, they're yeah. constantly being tested. Like every day you say, well, like, what's up for today? He goes, well, I got two tests. I mean, it seems like every day there was a test mm-hmm. of some sort. And some of them are just, you know, classroom tests, but a lot of them are those standardized tests. And mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. and you're right, the schools don't get money if they don't test well, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's really upsetting to me because it's interesting. They call it a standardized test. People don't come standard. Yeah, right, right. right. Yeah. There's a lot of biases included in those, for oh, sure. Oh, for sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I would love to see a shift that really does truly prepare young people for life in every way that you can think of. So, you know, yes, academic knowledge as well, but also, you know, softer skills, interpersonal skills, how to be in positive relationships with friends and family members and money, you know, teach them about money and 
really true career exploration from a young age. Allow them to play, allow them to find what they're really interested in and passionate about, and then explore that in terms of profession. Because even if somebody, like right now, there's a lot of focus on STEM, which is great. Um, And so if you do really have an interest in science and technology and things like that, how much of that in those classes is really focused on this is what having a job in this industry is like? Yeah. These yeah. are what the jobs are in this industry. I've asked people, you know, what have you picked for a degree? And they tell me and I go, OK, what kind of jobs do you get with that? They have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. yeah. Or what will your work day be like or what will you be doing with that degree? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Unless you job shadowed or something like that. Right. So, you know, all kinds of things. And I and I talk about it in my book. I, I formulated the five happy, healthy elements that I think can help us get there. And it covers all of those things as well as community service and, you know, just more more play. Right. Yeah. We, more play, especially for our little ones. Yeah. So speaking of the five happy, healthy elements, I mean, mm-hmm. could you take us through those? Yeah, sure. So uh, one of them is play and exploration of interest, which is a lot of what we were just talking about. It's about allowing play for young kids much longer into their school life, uh, getting mm-hmm. up and moving around more, you know, things like that. Just play because that that is the work of children and that is, um, you know, biologically uh, what they need the most, you yeah. know. Hmm. And then talking about, if you remember what I said before about how, you know, our interests lead to the industry, our skills and abilities lead to jobs, and then our values lead to um, finding purpose. So we can start talking about, you know, shifting play into exploration of interest, and then eventually, okay, how does this work out in a profession or something like that, right? Yeah, I love that. Uh huh. Another one is emotional health and positive relationships. And you do start to see some some social and emotional learning in schools today, but I would really love that explored even more, you know, how to have emotional health, all these different techniques and strategies to regulate yourself and to have positive relationships and how to no- notice negative relationships and what to do about them when mm-hmm. you come across them, things like that. Like constructive, good one. constructive yeah. ways of handling a negative relationship, basically. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So interpersonal skills and uh, being able to regulate, you know, things like that. And especially with how much stress there can be in school with just everything, you know, how long the Mm -hmm. day is and if you have a test and stuff like that. We don't do enough to teach them how to handle stress, how to regulate when we get upset. And and these are tangible things that are that are teachable that we can do. So why not? You know, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, physical health and nutrition. So I like to think of food as preventative medicine. Yeah. You know, we we do preventative maintenance on our vehicles, yeah, <laughs> on right. our homes. Sure. You know, yeah. and so nutrition is one of those things that is easy enough to learn, and it's preventative medicine. So why not? You know, Um, and, you know, physical health includes movement as well. So, yes, of course, like fitness exercise, but movement, you know, get up and move around when kids sit for too long, their muscles atrophy and it's just not natural or good for them. So giving them the chance to learn through play and things like that. And then the other one here that I included, and this is a a surprise to a lot of people, there's actually three things that are really important to have good physical health. We know diet and exercise or fitness and nutrition. The third one, not a lot of people know what it is, 
Can you guys guess what it is? Oh, <laughs> we're on the spot. <laughs> so exercise, nutrition, and sleep. Yes. Yes. Sleep. Sleep. Yeah. It's sleep. Um, sleep is so important for the body to function properly. And here's the thing, especially for teenagers. I'm so glad we're bringing this up. As parents, we, we know that little kids need a lot more sleep than we do. And we often forget to you know, is this still true for teenagers? A lot of us think that teenagers need the same amount of sleep as adults. And actually, they are still technically children. Um, and the American Academy of Pediatrics tells us that they need eight to 10 hours of sleep a night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not only that, here's the other thing, too, that not a lot of people know, is that their sleep-wake cycles shift up to two hours later when they hit puberty. Yeah. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So melatonin doesn't kick in until 11 o'clock at night for them. Yeah. Wow. So That's so, I believe it. I mean, I didn't know that was a fact, but having teenagers, I mean, first of all, yeah, the school starts so early and they yeah. are not awake. They just are not awake. And you can't get them to go to bed early because mm-hmm. a bunch of things, you know, they just got between sports and all their activities by the time they get home and eat dinner. And then they got hours of homework. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. And to get to bed early is just not happening. And then and then as you're just pointing out, they don't even want to sleep early based mm-hmm. on their biology. Mm-hmm. And then they have to get up crazy early in the morning to, to start school. So Mm-hmm. Yeah, here's the thing, you guys. 89% of high schoolers are sleep deprived. Believe it. Mm, yeah. Wow. And sleep deprivation can lead to depression, anxiety, and suicide. Sure. So they're already stressed about all the testing and getting into a good school and all the extracurricular activities and grades they need to have. And then on top of that, they're sleep deprived. Mm-hmm. Not a good formula or a recipe. No, not a good recipe. Recipe yeah. for disaster. Right? Recipe yeah. for yeah. yeah. And I, you know, yeah. I understand it's it's logistically like how do we figure this out, right? Because especially here in Atlanta, they will reuse buses, right? So there were some high schools I went into that the first class in the morning started at seven a.m. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there were, there were other schools I went to where they started at eight forty. Right. So I understand it's it's logistically a complicated thing, but I think it's one worth exploring because for the health of our kids, you know? Yeah, I know. Our school district did explore that and we actually had a mm-hmm. vote and everything on making mm-hmm. the school day later. But the factors that played in were, oh, you know, well, how am I supposed to go to work? I drop my kids off and exactly. then I go to work. And then, yeah. right. you know what I mean? There's all kinds of yeah. factors. And then, yes, like you said, bus schedules were mm-hmm. was a big thing because mm-hmm. right, we reused the bus in our district. So the, mm-hmm. the younger kids get picked up later and the older kids get picked up earlier. And, you know, one argument was, well, flip it because little kids, a lot of little right. kids get up very early in the morning and they're ready to right. go. Yeah. Whereas the teenagers, mm-hmm. they want sleep. You know, they want that morning mm-hmm. to sleep in. Was that something they considered flipping it or? Yeah, they did consider, but I got voted down. Oh, wow. wow. Okay. Well, yeah. at least they took, at least they put it to a vote. So that was mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
But anyway, well, let's pivot a little in a new direction. And you have a three-part video information series that you've created that Mm -hmm. uh, will help families save tens of thousands of dollars called Six Ways to Avoid 50,000 in Surprise College Costs. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Because I'm sure our listeners would love to know how they could save 50K. Everybody wants to save money, right? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Well, uh, first thing, it is a free resource that I provide to families. And originally, I was going to do like a tutorial, something written. And I just said, no, I have too much, too much information to give to families. So I decided to record it. And then it turned into a three-part info series just to make it a little bit more digestible. So yeah, it's all about um, just kind of breaking down what are the costs of college? What are the surprise costs that often blindside people? How do they come Mm -hmm. about? What causes them? And what you can do to avoid them. And you can go to my website, emmabperez.com, and click to download it. That's awesome. What a great resource. So nice of you to provide that for free to families. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely should head on (laughs) over and check that out. (laughs) Absolutely. Please do. So do you mind talking a little bit about your college years? We like to touch on college as well in this um, for people that are researching colleges that some of our guests may have been to. Um, Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's interesting to find out a little bit about it. So you went to the University of Central Florida in mm-hmm. Ole Miss, yes. University of Mississippi. And could you tell us a little bit about each of those schools and what kind of student might find themselves at home there? Wow, yeah. So my college experiences are so vastly different. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's but, all right. Yeah, the, the universities are just so unique. And this is one of the reasons why I say, you know, really like visit a school if you can. I know that might be hard right now at the time of taping or in the pandemic. Yeah, for sure. Um, But they're just so vastly different. So first of all, Ole Miss is in a small college town. At the time that I went there, there was maybe 10,000 students that went and the town had about 10,000 residents. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, Yeah. And the school has been around for a very, very long time. So you had a lot of families that, you know, for generations have have gone to Ole Miss and it's a big SEC school. So, you know, football and fraternities and sororities are all the rage. We all saw the blind side. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's right. With Sandra Bullock. Yeah. 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 Such Um, a good movie, by the way. Anyways. (laughs) We'll, yep. p- we'll put that in the show notes in case <laughs> yeah. anybody hasn't seen it. Yeah, so I was there at the time of Eli Manning. and um, Cool. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a very um, beautiful campus, gorgeous in the fall. Um, lots of history there and a very rich, you know, Southern culture there. It was interesting for me. I went there because most of the people that I went to high school with went there. And we... Oh, wow. Yeah, we got, uh, even though I am from Alabama, I got lots of scholarships to go there and things like that. And so I just went, you know, I didn't really explore much of anything else. I just went because that's what everybody else was doing. And so I just kind of stuck with my friends and went there. And I found that actually, as beautiful as it was, as much as I loved the campus, the culture was not the best fit for me because i don't really care about football. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, um, I don't really care about sororities and fraternities. And, um, you know, it was just kind of the the minute you meet somebody, it's 
what's your name and which sorority are you in? And, yeah. um, you know, I, I'm not knocking it at all. But for me... It just wasn't for you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, I, I left and I actually took three and a half years off before I went back to finish my degree. So I also have a lot of really valuable real world experience from that. And then I went back to UCF, University of Central Florida, completely the opposite of Ole Miss. It is a newer <laughs> school. Um, yeah. And it is massive. It's it's one of the largest universities in the country, if not the largest. I believe at the time I went there, there were around forty to fifty thousand students. Wow! Wow! Yeah, that's yeah. a big school for sure. I think some of the California schools might rival it, but okay. that's up there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in um, size, I mean, UCLA. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, but yeah, that's up there. That's that's in the top probably ten at least, right? Mm. Yeah, it's up there. And um, everything was just very new and uh, just big. And, you know, they still have Greek life and they still have football. And it was there for the people who are really into that. But if you had other interests, it wasn't. Uh, you weren't so, so limited. Face. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. What do you mean you're not going to the football game? What do you mean you're not Russian Delta, Delta, Delta? How yeah. can I help you? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I had legacy for Delta Delta Delta, so I could have if I wanted to. Oh my gosh. But so, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a completely different experience. And then also, you know, the climate's different. When you're in Florida, it's just warm all the time. Yep. Um, so the whole experience all the way around was completely different. And so I use this example all the time with young people to, to say, really think about, you know, do you want to be in a big city? I mean, I was right there by Disney Universal. Yeah. Yeah. All my right. friends worked there, so I got to go all the time. Ah, yeah. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. But, you know, I think a good lesson to take away from this, though, is that don't be afraid to make a change if it's not a good fit for you. It's right. okay to move on. It's, Absolutely. You know, sometimes it's good to quit something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If it's just not right. Absolutely. So you talk about what are some alternatives to college or taking mm-hmm. a gap year or mm-hmm. how to decide between going to college or furthering you know, your education or going in a different direction so that it does not relate to college. So I was just wondering if you could talk about that for a little bit. Yeah. Um, do you want to know like what the alternatives are or more specifically how to decide between them? Yeah. How do you help young people decide should they mm-hmm. go to college or not? And mm-hmm. if not, what alternatives are there for them? Yeah, absolutely. So again, it goes back to, do you remember how I said before, I always start with the child, the student, right? Mm-hmm. Who are they? Yeah. What do they really care Step about? Step one. Exactly. <laughs> we go through all yeah. these steps. It's not till step four that we get to occupation, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Once they have an idea of what's a good fit for them, then you say, okay, what are the qualifications for this? And the qualifications may be university. They may not be. But here's right. the thing. For some occupations, you have the choice. You could go get a degree at that university or you can get a certificate from this institution over here. Mm -hmm. So then what you do is you sit down and you calculate your return on investment. So you look at the, the salary you're likely to make and you say, is it commensurate with how much I'm going to spend on my education? Because I'll tell you, sometimes it is and sometimes it's not, right? Right. Yeah. 
depending yeah. on the school, depending on the degree, um, depending on what other options you have. And so that's when you really calculate your return on investment. Think about the individual, what kind of um, learning environment might be best for them. Visit the institution, visit the university, um, see what scholarships you can get and make the decision based on the person and based on the finances and not just a blind, I have to go to college. Otherwise, right. I can't do well financially because that's just not true. There are other things that you can do with far less educational debt or no educational d- debt that still pay well. Right. I think there's a lot of people have that hardwired in their brain that yeah. I have to go to college. I have to go to college. Mm-hmm. And then parents are telling the kids, you have to go to college. <laughs> if you want to yeah. be anything in this world, you got to go to college. And I think yeah. I think slowly, though, that mindset is changing. I well, think the cost if, the cost you know, the, and then just right. the fact that no there are other avenues to get to where right. you want to go absolutely and there's right. so much so many ways to learn uh, to teach yourself these days online and so right. forth right there's a, so much information out there right right mm-hmm. but i do also think in some cases you have to factor in not just specifically the financial end but mm-hmm. what you gain personally from mm-hmm. you right. know and for and for some students i do think that is an asset and for others yeah. it's not so like right. emma said i think it really depends on the person or starting the, with the child step 1 yeah yeah <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> it makes sense that's a great place to start but i think also you probably come up against parents that have this expectation for their kid it doesn't matter you know maybe that's not really the path they have in mind, but they're kind of have um, expectations set by their families that Mm -hmm. you need to go to college. And you must come up against that dealing with families that say, no, 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 my kid's going to college. This isn't the path we Mm -hmm. want for him or her. Yeah. You know, I thought I was going to come up against it more than I have. Yeah. And you haven't? Uh, no. And I think, well, I mean, sometimes you like maybe one parent does a little bit more than the other. Um, I think it's a combination of, you know, things are changing. Like you guys Mm -hmm. said, there are lots of of things are changing, right? Yeah, Um, and I think it's also a combination of what I teach and the way that I teach it. If someone's not into that, they're not going to come to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I guess that's so true, right? If they already have it mapped out for their kid and there's no room for movement and they're not exploring anything. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you're right. right. You, you make a good point. Yeah. It's been a, a pleasant thing to find so many parents that are like, look, I just I want to figure help my kid figure out what's right for them rather than just following the crowd. That's awesome. You know, they say that to me. I want my kid to have, you know, a, fa- a financially secure life. Yes. But I also want them to enjoy their lives. So how yes. do they do that wh- with financial security? And so I'm hearing a lot more of that, which is inspiring for me. Right. And the school counselors, they are doing an amazing job, but they're mm-hmm. really in general overwhelmed. So they don't yeah. have the time, this sort of time frame to put in to each individual to explore this whole process. Right. And yeah. like we found out yeah. many of these counselors are dealing with crises and not, right. <laughs> they don't have time. Right. That's like, cause that's yeah. what's on yeah. their desk first. And you know, yeah. right. And that's they just another, don't have enough time. Another and that's another, <laughs> right. No, but that's one of my biggest pet peeves is I think the two should be separate. Uh, yeah. The counseling aspect and the planning, the college and career aspect right. should yeah. be completely different. But it comes different. down to money, of course. Mm-hmm. Like, can we yeah. afford to have both in our school? Or, yeah. or they yeah. just 
they simply require a school counseling degree to do those things, which I think is kind of silly, but that, I digress. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's a whole other topic for sure. That's a whole other topic, yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we should probably head over to the rapid fire. What do you say? Oh, yeah, rapid fire time. Are you ready for Ooh, that, Emma? I don't know, am I? <laughs> <laughs> I think you are. Trust me, I think you're, you'll do just fine. They're okay. not too tricky. Okay, describe your perfect day. Ooh, that's a good one. I use that one with what I do. Okay, so I wake up in the morning knowing I have something exciting to do, Mm -hmm. and it starts with beautiful weather and being outside in nature um, and doing something uh, with exertion in nature and maybe a hike, maybe Habitat for Humanity, something, right? And then coming home resting resting, and then getting all gussied up, as we like to say in Georgia, and And having fun in the evening with friends or family. And here's the thing. The reason that I say that, it's like a template, right? So instead of specifics, there are lots of different things that can make up my perfect day. Yes. Yeah. That's that's yeah. so true. Because as you say, you want to go, you want to be outside and exerting yourself in some way, but there's like 50 ways you could do that. Well, endless yeah. ways you could do that. So yeah. yeah, I like that too. Nice answer. I didn't know you'd have that prepared. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do that exercise in my program. Yeah, so. right. <laughs> oh, that, that was a softball for sure. Okay. All right. Place you have visited that you love. Oh, man. Just one? Um, you can name two or three, but <laughs> at least one. Yeah. Um, I'll say New Orleans. Oh, yeah. You know, I haven't been to New Orleans yet. I know. (gasps) I know. I got to get there. I know. It is. It's such a unique. I haven't. um, Scott, my husband's been, but I have not. No. Yeah. It's such a a beautiful, historically beautiful place. And then the unique culture just oozes through the music and the food. And it's so unique because it's uniquely American. You know, the the mix of cultures that created this music and food, you only can find that mix in America, in that region. It's it's a really cool place. All right. Well, it's definitely on my list. I just got to get there. (laughs) Yeah. All right. (laughs) Sounds awesome. All right. Do you have a pet peeve? Oh, gosh. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yes. When I address someone and they don't respond to me. (laughs) You mean like an email or a text or Uh, or just face to face? In in any way, even face to face. So, you know, maybe they answered me in their brain, but they didn't say it out loud or. Yeah. Which sometimes sometimes happens but um i'm just the kind of person that like all you have to do is acknowledge that i spoke (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. i hear you well i I know that goes along with like doing the rsvp yeah (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) that's a little bit of a pet peeve that's one of our pet peeves (laughs) yeah all right just rsvp just you know yeah okay all right, name something on your bucket list, uh, if you t- have one. Yeah, I do. Most of my bucket list right now involves my children because they're yeah. they're still young. And so I have, um, I want to travel with them. And so most of my bucket list is taking them to places like yeah. New Orleans yeah. and Venice and, um, right. you know, yeah, I, I have places that I want to, Scotland, that I want to take, make sure that they get to see in their young life. Oh, that's excellent. Good for you. I hope you get that done. Thank okay. you. Okay. Morning person or night owl? Uh, I am now a morning person. I used to be a night owl, but, um, you know, life changes and circumstances change, and I'm more yeah. of a morning person now. Yeah. Yeah. 
I was a morning person with kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm a right. night owl. Okay. <laughs> kids are grown. Um, yeah. How do you de-stress? Um, there, I have a few different ways to de-stress, but one of the best ways really is a mindfulness practice, gratitude practice. Um, mm-hmm. That can really shift my feelings, how I'm feeling. And uh, I, I'm lucky enough to have a great life partner and his hugs usually work too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hug is a good distressor for sure. Yeah. Okay. First job. Oh, my gosh. My first job. All right. Uh, past babysitting. You know, not like uh, first job you get a paycheck for. <laughs> uh, I didn't even babysit. <laughs> um, uh, Claire's accessories. Okay. Do, do, oh, you know, do I still have Claire's? I don't even yeah. know, but I know what a Claire's is. Like, yeah. you know, hair the, stuff the and jewelry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. A, a yeah. little hair and jewelry place for little girls. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right, go Claire's. All yeah. right, what do you wish was invented? Oh, ooh, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> a way to get your kids to eat when you ask them to eat <laughs> and sleep when you ask them to sleep. <laughs> Oh, that oh, would be yeah. a nice invention. <laughs> yeah, sure would. I can tell you're in the thick of it when you answer uh, with that. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, yeah, that would have been nice for sure. Yeah. I love that. Okay, most used emoji. Oh, good question. <laughs> um, the fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. I should use that one more often myself. All right. <laughs> okay, last one. If you had to choose one age, what would it be? Oh, oh I um, like that. The age I am now. Awesome. Uh, Why not? That's an awesome answer. Well, You're at I a, know. At a I, good point in your life, obviously. So yeah. That's yeah. Yeah, perfect. All right. Well, hey, you survived. It wasn't too tough. <laughs> no, you guys are fun. Uh, it's fun to get to know you, Emma. You too. Well, thank you so much for coming on our podcast, Emma, and sharing all your great knowledge and advice with helping young people form their future and doing it in a thoughtful way. So thanks so much. I'm sure our audience is going to really enjoy it. Thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Yes. Thank you, Emma. And we'll definitely direct our guests to get over there to LifeQuest and check out all you have to offer. And I'm sure, as Meg said, there's a lot of value there. I'm glad that we had you on. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, have a great day. You too. Have a great day, Emma. Take thanks, care. you too. Bye. Oh, that was excellent. Emma did an awesome job explaining her process. And I think it's very valuable to anybody out there that is trying to figure it all out before they make a big investment in something like college. Exactly. It was a really interesting discussion. And for anybody interested in learning more about what Emma has to offer, we will include her website in the show notes so you can head on over and reach out to Emma for any additional information. And I'm sure she'd be more than happy to help you out. Yep, absolutely. She definitely has a welcoming personality, and I'm sure she would be an amazing person to work with. Yeah, she has a really thoughtful approach. But anyway, thank you all for listening and tuning in, and we appreciate each and every one of you, and we want to thank Emma once again for coming on and sharing her ideas. Yes, thank you, Emma, and please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. This probably goes without saying, but a subscription doesn't cost money. It's just a click of a button, so please subscribe. It helps us a ton. Right. Please, that would really appreciate it. It really does help us out, and it helps our podcast to grow. So if you're enjoying this, we really appreciate that. 
So thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and have a great day, all. Have a great day. And this has been an Academic and Career Advising Services production. 